0: Greetings, greetings, have a good day, and welcome to Birds All Day, episode number 204. My name is Drew Service, and we are here. uh, It is spring training, and we are not debating the merits of John Wick 2 uh, relative to the first John Wick movie, because John Wick 2 is worse. Uh, There's no debating that. But uh, we're going to talk about the Blue Jays. We're going to talk about spring training. We're going to talk about uh, all the goings-on. Of course, the big, our large son, uh, is goings away for a few weeks as he's injured uh, we'll talk about uh, Mark Shapiro opened his uh, mouth and said some words, um, many of them are expensive sounding, and so we'll talk about that, probably, we'll talk about, I don't know, spring training stuff, and I can't do that on my own, I can't do it on my own, and I wouldn't even try. So, uh, so joining me as always,
1: uh, Old Reliable,
0: Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you?
1: I'm doing okay, yeah, uh, yeah. ready to go, let's get into it.
0: Let's get into it. Let us get into it. Let's get right into it. We'll fire right into it. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been injured. He's out for three weeks with a, I believe, grade, grade one or grade three uh, oblique strain. I think it's grade one. I don't have it in front of me. He's out for three it's weeks. It's one of
1: the grades, yeah. I don't, I don't know which is worse, so it doesn't matter. The
0: injury itself was, the, the severity of the injury was downplayed. But the fact of the matter is his spring training is over. He is out for the rest of spring training. They will take it very slowly with Vlad Guerrero Jr., and then he will come back to presumably extended spring for a while to get himself back up into playing shape, back uh, with get up to close to game speed, and then he'll go off to um, resume his career in Buffalo until such time that he has established his health and minor league bona fides once again, and then he will join the Blue Jays forevermore. Does that sound right? Is that like a pretty decent summation of a summary of what's going to happen?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I, they they can't just have him skip Buffalo. I mean, they 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 deserve to, to have him back, I think, at some point. Uh, though theoretically, obviously, they could just, you know, once he's ready uh, to get back on the field, bring him right back up to the big club. But, but yeah, no, I think you got the timeline about right.
0: I mean, even if they wanted to do that, even if they say the injury, for example, lingered and it was allowed the Blue Jays their um, service time graces or whatever, like all that stuff, um, I can't see them bringing him straight up. You wouldn't, you would never bring any. I don't think hitter right from extended spring or into the big leagues, right? No matter who they are, yeah. So it's true. It's we. It's weird in that it's not really a. Uh, it, w- it won't be a rehab stint you know in our minds it's a rehab stint because in our minds he belongs in the big league team but he won't be there so it will be just regular old triple a for however long that happens well he's got to work and on his defense
1: uh, obviously you know he's got to get that defense down before they can bring him up to the majors so i don't i wouldn't let's not rush this
0: and his baseball and, and <laughs> his, his base running and they need to make yeah. him the best player they can be
1: yeah
0: that he can be um when they're that then that will happen in triple a we're told um, this is the bad thing though right there's no there's no other way to look at this. There's no silver lining to this story
1: no, absolutely, no, absolutely not no i i you know ross atkins i mean it, it's even for him who you know now gets to avoid all those questions uh, you know, he already <clears throat> fucked up by saying, oh, yeah, no, I don't see a big league player, like we already knew <laughs> like what his strategy was, which was you know the one obvious strategy that every team is gonna do, which is yeah he's not ready to come up yet, oh, two weeks later he oh apparently he is. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, he misses spring. He's, he's going to be behind. It's going to take him a while to get back to just where he would have been by the end of spring. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's not great for his development, I, I guess. I mean, his bat obviously is pretty well developed as it is. Uh, but yeah, I, you obviously want him on the field.
0: I feel like I, I, I saw that. I, th- I think it was kind of softened. I, I, don't, I would not want to Overstate anyone's position on it, but there was some like, "Well, this is kind of convenient for the Blue Jays because it avoids this ugly situation." They didn't give a shit—not a single shit about the optics of that situation. They did not care about yeah. about the lying or the uh, the the deflecting or any that that was it it doesn't it doesn't change anything for them they just don't have to do it as much now but they had already done it they had already expended a lot of time and energy doing so so it doesn't help the team really and it doesn't help him it would have been great to help have him continue to face big league pitchers uh, you know as, as as such as it is in spring training and it's just i don't know it's never good for a young player to, anybody to be injured missing time with injury means you're not doing real baseball stuff you're not Improving so whether or not, look, they are paying lip service to him becoming a better ball player, but everybody wants him to become a better ball player because you know, I think I heard sort of something that maybe Ross Atkins said after some of the I don't know, he just said something to the effect of like, we don't want him to be like a Miguel Cabrera or uh, Albert Pujols. Um, I think he may have said this after the record cameras went off and stuff. Um, which is like, yeah, no, you would hate to have him be one of the best right-handed bats <laughs> of this generation. But I think that's that's not an... That's an unfair reading of what he's saying. I think he's saying you don't want him to be like that now, like at this stage of their careers, at this... Uh, you know, when he's young. You let, Sure, he's going to be that one day. He's going to be a very slow-moving defensive liability who could still hit uh, in Cabrera's case. But... I, I, he wasn't saying we don't want him to have that career path. You don't want him his career to start at the end of their career, sort of thing. Yeah. But but uh, it sucks. It sucks that he's that he's not out there, and it sucks that there's nothing to watch. It it has allowed us to shift our uh, us as fans to shift our focus to Bobby Shep ever so slightly. As uh, it's actually he's better. He's, <laughs> he's been really know.
1: good. He's been really fucking good. Uh, you must say. I mean, it, it's very easy to look at the the hitting, though. I mean, this is the, my inner Ross Atkins, you know, because obviously that's a, a big part of the disconnect there on Vlad, which obviously was a lot to do with service time. By which I mean entirely to do with service time. But you mm-hmm. know, it, it's uh, uh, it, it's easy to be wowed by the bat and and forget a little bit or not care as much as a fan when you're watching it. To uh, you know, the fact that yeah, they got to make sure he can. Be a shortstop, uh, you know that that would you know for Bichette that's the obvious ideal outcome that he's going to be good enough and as at, you know as a major league shortstop and you know having him in the minors for longer than I think a lot of fans are going to be happy about uh, just to get you know the kind of reps that you can get in Buffalo without the scrutiny of the big leagues is probably going to be important for them. Um, you know, I, it, it's a, it's hard, right? It's hard to know. How seriously to take their stance on stuff like that because obviously, you know, guys get rushed all the time for all sorts of different reasons, and when they're not, and the service time thing is, you know, is obvious. Uh, it's you know, your eyebrows go up a bit, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I wrote a little bit about Bichette this week, just and, and the possibility of him coming up this year, and, and Shapiro said some things about. Uh, I think you retweeted about him saying that, you know, the the idea is to get a look at who they have and who can be part of the core and, and be part of a championship team. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully that means him. I mean, he, Bichette is 21 now, uh, going into triple a has, is going to have, you know, a full season or, you know, uh, you know, two, three months, at least I think in triple a, yeah, we forget that Vlad was there at 19 last year, so two years old, two years <laughs> two years younger, and he was only triple AAA for 30 games, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, Bichette's on a much more sort of traditional prospect path, uh, and part of that traditional prospect path is probably getting a call up. I mean, it would be so hard to. Not, I mean, they're though they've just fucked with the the roster size for September call ups, so that might uh, mm-hmm. that might be a thing. But uh, but yeah, it, it's it, it will be very hard for them to justify not bringing him up at the end of uh, at the end of the season uh, if everything goes the way that we expect it's going to go.
0: The the issue I I still see for Beau Bouchette is one of space because what Mark Shapiro may or, may or may not have said about, you know, we still, uh, we want to know who's going to be a big part. I think that has a lot to do with the guys who were ahead of him on the depth chart at this time, you know, as we've said many times on this on this show, which is like deciding what you can do with Lourdes Guriel. Is he a piece you can trade? Is he a piece to have kicking around? And then, you know, some of the other, uh, you know, players in that, uh, Freddie You want to give him a chance to play so that he can prove, that he's worth being traded to somebody else potentially or just having him around. Obviously, there's a lot of everyone's saying spring training things about Freddie Galvez, about what a a great teammate he is and how much they like to watch him and how the young players are going to gravitate to him, whatever. All that same sort of stuff. So uh, Lourdes Gurriel is is the big one where... You really want to see what he can do, and if he can be a shortstop, if he can play second base. Does he adapt to playing all over the diamond? Is he does he have the mentality to do that? I think I think that's a bit more challenging than than we appreciate. Is like not knowing what you you know knowing you're going to be in the lineup, but not knowing where. And then okay, I got to come. I'm going to play second base today. What does that mean? You know, kind of internalizing all of that, um, the 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 knowledge and the information that's going to be just you know in your face about playing second base or versus shortstop, versus third base, versus left field, or wherever they may end up throwing him. So, the the spot is a thing, and and you know, as good as Bichette has been, it, he's not he's not beating down the door in the same way that Guerrero is. Um, he's looking more and more like a really nice player, um, which is great. Which not 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 saying looking more and more. he's always been. He's always thought to have been that. And if it is maybe maybe it isn't, you know. Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, level of shortstop prospect future value seventy or seventy five or whatever, but you know a guy like Trey Turner is an example of like someone who runs the bases really well and and can play shortstop and and can hit a little bit and is like well look like, he's a four win player like that's a realistic and still optimistic goal for Bichette, So giving him the opportunity to do that and, and proving without a shadow of a doubt that he can play shortstop and uh, and 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 hit. And maybe shorten some of the adjustment. You see, I feel like Bichette is more of a human being as opposed to Vlad Guerrero, (laughs) and that he's had like adjustment periods. He went to Double A and he slumped, and then he really started to come around at the end. So it'll be interesting to see what he uh, how that relates when he goes to the next level as well. And then that way they can make those decisions moving. And when it comes that time to to look if it is this September, the what what could be the last September of like big expanded rosters and lots of people out there you know, getting playing time and veterans sitting around looking at, you know, staring at their heads. So,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, or a growing like two ships passing in the night, I believe was one of the, it was an anecdote I read in a story recently. So, um, so yeah, it, uh, it, it's great, but, it, you know, you, you have to, you hope, uh, as, as we did uh, do with Guerrero, you hope that the earn factor will, will, Play a part. You hope that if Bo Bichette plays well enough, he will earn his way into the big leagues, and uh, and that's all he can he, that's all he can control. So that's all we could ever really hope for, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's totally right. And you know, the it, it's funny we see we're now focusing on Bichette, and you know, there, there's so much focus on Guerrero, obviously. Uh, and it, it's like, do you remember when it was like Zach Stewart was the Jays' top prospect, and then you kind of look at him, and, uh, and and you end up. It, it, I think as a fan, especially, and I think the front office, you know, it's their job to not do this. But as fans, you end up sort of uh, uh, just projecting more sooner for these guys than maybe they're. You know, you see these great at bats in spring, and you know it's still mid March. Uh, but Bichette's looked really good, and and I think people are are ready to rush that because it's like this is the next new exciting thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, if he if, if he were to get hurt, you know, God forbid uh we'd be here talking about Anthony Alford and how he needs to come up. it's just there seems to the that, that, that center of attention just seems to move and it doesn't necessarily have uh have to do with what's right for the guy's development
0: no and that uh, that is absolutely the nature of kind of fandom and the nature of the sort of media cycle and uh, you know you and I um me maybe more so than you these days but uh or sort of we walk that line right we're walking that line between being being fans, even though it's a kind of a, a different way of considering fandom, but also you know following the team and, and talking about the team and, and, and what it all means. But it's it has different, definitely changed, and it's definitely always looking forward. And, and, and in some ways, the, the teams have. Have definitely uh, keyed on that, and, uh, and it changes the way that they message. And so, some, there was a player—I can't remember who it was—that was that was speaking about this recently. That how all uh, half the teams in baseball are being like, "No, no, we're not going to win until 2021," and they were like, "What? Really? That's crazy!" But. But uh that, that's the sort of the promise. But people are always looking ahead and trying to attach that value and, and, and shoot for the moon and really dream on whoever else and, and dream on everyone. Because if it's not Anthony Alford then it's gonna be Nate Pearson. As soon as Nate Pearson comes along and is lighting up radar guns, then it's gonna be like, Oh, he's gonna be at the front of the rotation and then it's gonna be these guys and these guys. It's um it's that elusive, that intoxicating elusive nature of um of uh prospect prospect porn as it used to be called. Just Dreaming on these guys' upsides and dreaming on the the big Hall of Fame comps and like in that awesome Ringer series that um and, 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 you know that, as I mentioned reference that Ringer series that Ben Lindbergh and uh, Rob um, what's his name the other guy I can't remember his name Rob yeah Arthur. that they wrote that that they poured over those thousands and <laughs> thousands yeah. of um, of scouting reports from the Reds that they older scouting reports and uh it's not just fans that do that it, like look at all these they, yeah. these every 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 kid every prospect is getting comp to a hall of famer it's not you know oh it, if obviously there's a lot of um complexion based decisions that go into those scattering reports because if a guy yeah. is a, if he is like a like a man of color or, or a, a very athletic he's comp to reggie sanders that's what he's going to be He's gonna be reggie sanders if he's if he's this he's alan trammell he's He's very larkin. <laughs> like it's just like, yeah. The, a, everybody gets gets kind of carried away, and even people who are the professionals, you know, skin in the game, um, are making those same sort of uh, bubbly, like ah, uh, pie in the sky, unrealistic ex- uh, uh, projections and and and, com- and comparisons, which isn't fair. Um, I do want to come back real quick to Anthony Alford, though, which is that, to say that you at uh, your you more specifically and more. And earlier than me, have been saying, talking about how for for years it's just been like someone please come and take Kevin Pillar's job. That seems to have been the Blue Jays, um, um uh, the front off, the Blue Jays front office standpoint. And I was actually on SportsFeld with the zoobs and with Jake Goldsby la- last week, and we were talking about this this exact point, which is like just someone please come and take it. And and you got to give Kevin Pillar credit because he's held on to it. Um, you know, which is easy to kind of overlook his his contributions, but. Here we are now, uh, You know, he's a guy who's climbing the list, he's worn that jersey a lot of times, he's been out there in center field a lot, um, but Anthony Alford, here in spring, maybe looking like a guy who's ready to take somebody's job.
1: He sure is, right? yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, I don't think it's going to kill him to go back down to Buffalo for a bit and, and have to hit his way out of there, but yeah, he definitely looks like the guy this spring. That we've all been hoping for for the last couple of years, and it's it's been a lost couple of seasons for him, and he has uh, you know he struggled a bit. Uh, in Buffalo, he always—I think it was Wilner or somebody—I heard talking about this this week. It's not just that he always got hurt, but maybe it was, maybe Brunt, whatever. it Doesn't matter. Uh, he always got, not just getting hurt, but getting hurt at like the absolute wrong time. Like getting a chance, and when he broke his handmate bone in the in his hand, it was like in his, you know, his second game or his first game up after you know getting mm-hmm. called up for the first time, and uh, and you know there he loses six weeks, and 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 it all kind of goes sideways from there. Uh, and to see him healthy and and out there and and you know again it's still so early and, you know that that we can't you know we're 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 thinking about performances quote unquote on the field where you know were pitchers even using their secondary stuff yet right like were they throwing breaking balls when he was when he's hitting home runs uh, I think so but it's also still early it's still spring but yeah it's it's better than him looking like he's fucking washed right I mean you don't want him to be Troy Tulawitsky out there. Uh, just <laughs> waving away at, at, at balls, but, uh, uh yeah, no, I, I think that that's, that's very possibly a thing, but it's, he also seems like they quite like, uh, Kevin Pilar and the way that he's bought into what Charlie Montoya was doing and, uh, mm-hmm. and the information and the shifting that we're going to see a lot of this year and, and, uh, and all of that stuff. He's kind of, he's not, uh, you know, well, he's Kevin Pilar. What is, what can he, what can he really do except just go along with it, uh, you know, we've all seen the uh, we've all seen his FanGraphs page, I think. But uh, yeah, it it uh, it, it is a, an interesting situation there because it does feel like they have too many guys in the outfield, uh, not any of them particularly good enough. Uh, but if Alfred uh, really comes into his own and becomes the kind of player that it seems like the Jays really think that he can be, and they obviously you know anytime you hear them talking about you know what a teammate he could be. And we saw like the the thing with the car accident where he pulled over just to help whoever had a car whoever accident. Whoever it was, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, that's that, that that speaks to what you keep hearing from the organization about why they really mm-hmm. like his makeup and want him to uh, to be part of, you know, the core of their next team. Uh, if the skills are there if it translates to production on the field and if it is going to do that that's that's great and and you know polar is gonna it's gonna be interesting because you know he is a uh, you know the veteran which is so strange at this point but also uh Blair and Brunt were talking this week and Blair said yeah I think if you asked people in the organization they'd probably tell you Randall grittch's a better center fielder at this point uh which I don't doubt I would maybe doubt a little bit but I, I think it's close enough that it that Kevin Pollard doesn't really necessarily have to be here uh but like you say like i've been saying forever somebody's got to come and take that damn job from him it's kind of freddie galvis is the same way i think too you know it's like that's what he's here for too it's like somebody please come take this job we've got mm-hmm. like a, a replacement level guy here though he's not mm-hmm. actual replacement level but just basically the bare minimum you could get out of a shortstop in a center fielder uh here you go hit your way out of buffalo and let's do this
0: that frustrating kind of what you, maybe what used to be called like a second division player where you're like kind of between, between average and replacement level, like that you're not, you're not useless and difficult and can be difficult to replace, but also very easy to foresee someone who can do better. A few different points. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this on the last week on the last show we did, but there's a great story that uh, Laura Armstrong wrote about Anthony Alford, um, giving back and like running baseball camps all over Mississippi with, uh, Fred Lewis, former Blue Jay, and Curtis Granderson, former, former Blue Jay, which is a great story. Curtis Granderson needs like a fucking Medal of Honor or something. Every story about him is like he's the team, he just comes off as an even better dude. Um, the other thing is the season starts in two weeks. So it's not, you know, Matt Shoemaker threw five innings today. That's not nothing. Those, these guys are like getting close to being ready. So every home run that Anthony hit hits now counts double. Uh, <laughs> it is crazy.
1: I mean, they have four games in March. Four.
0: That's that's wild. Uh, but they play inside, so it's okay. Um, another thing you mentioned, uh, you started rattling off names of uh, Sportsnet people. Shout out to Scott MacArthur, Scotty yeah. Mack, joining uh, the Jays, do doing some third man in the booth, going to host Jay's talk as uh, Wilner and Ben Wagner are the booth for the season. So that's awesome. Uh, Scott has always been a really cool guy to me, he's been really helpful. Um, uh, to for when ways most people don't get to see. So I appreciate that for uh for him, and I appreciate the, also the job that he does. And I'm excited to hear what he does on Jay's talk. Hopefully, he uh, could dunk. He, he'll dunk on some people as well. That, that's I, needed in that job.
1: Uh, it is. I think he's a, a great choice for dunking on people. I don't. He, he's not gonna. He's not gonna not dunk on people. I'm pretty sure. Uh And yeah, same, same, <laughs> same thing not. behind behind the scenes. Though it's been a cool guy to me as well, and uh, it's it's great to see. It's great to see Wilner moving up. And actually, getting that full chair uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: after years in the in the shadows, uh, you
0: know, absolutely, absolutely, good stuff for all those folks. So, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, Alfred uh, doing well. Uh, everyone seems really happy, really keyed on on Randall Gritchik this year again. You know, it's easy to see the good stuff that he was able to produce when he came back from um, his injury in 2018. Um, I saw there's a, a poster in on the subway today, and it was Randall Grichik. Randall Grichik and uh Teasker Hernandez and, and Marcus Stroman. Teasker Hernandez face of the franchise.
1: Jesus. <laughs> well, they can't put the actual face of the franchise there because they were going to keep him in Buffalo for the first fucking month. So.
0: Yeah, they get sued. They get sued <laughs> if they did that. But uh yeah, yeah, I don't know. They they're <clears throat> I haven't seen anything recently. Um, I don't know what the reports are, or what the belief of, in terms of like, can Anthony Alfred play center field every day? Yeah, is that...
1: that's, a gra- that's a great question. I mean, I think I think so. I mean, I think I think he can play center field. I think the everyday part is the the difficult thing. That's been why it's been so hard mm-hmm. for to knock Kevin Polaro off because he actually does go out there and play every fucking day. Uh, and you know, Alfred and Pope have been uh, uh, have struggled to stay on the field. So I don't know.
0: Um. Again, I've said Kevin Kevin Pilar. I'm as a player, he does leave something to be desired. I feel like he's gonna he's the kind of guy who's gonna be a Blue Jay forever. Like he will always be around. I get that's that's my vibe, and, and I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. It's cool if he gets to like be a Blue Jay. He'll like do appearances and, and like long after his career is over. I feel like he'll just be people will always remember people. Like, people fucking love him. Um, with all the Superman shit, so hopefully, hopefully that comes to fruition. Not saying this career because once he once he leaves Toronto or once Anthony Effort takes his job, his career is over. Um, he'll be <laughs> be out to pasture. But I feel like Pilar will be around forever, so that's that's kind of cool. Cool for him. He in, in by all by all accounts, that's his is a pretty great story. Um, Kevin Pilar, who we've been like literally shoveling dirt on his grave for four years, <laughs> but yeah. but now I'm like. Hot tip to you. You, you, you survived our brickabats or whatever they're called.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, sure.
0: Sure. Don't forget. We're, going, you're, we're getting soft.
1: You're, you're here forever, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of going soft, yeah, you know who's not soft? Ken Giles. Ken Giles is a maniac. And Ke- he has a reputation of being a little bit crazy. Um, he of the punching himself in the head on the way off the mound. Um, I don't know if celebration is the word I would use. Maybe uh, self uh, flagellation is that a better yeah, a better I term?
1: That's the one. Yeah.
0: Uh, so Ken Giles. Uh, bet, so bless spring training. There's always people around. So the Blue Jays pitchers. I don't know. I'm sure. You, I'm not breaking news to you here. No. That uh, the Blue Jays pitchers were doing uh, some PFP on the field before the game or something. All the relievers and um, what's his name. David, Paul- Ken Giles, Giles, David yeah. Paulino decided he was kind of looking for ways to not have to do it uh, and lo and behold Ken Giles took exception to that and kind of lost it on him and was cursing him up and down and the aforementioned uh, Stephen Brunt and Jeff Blair were recording their radio show for Sportsnet nearby, caught some of the audio in the background and then they were uh, there was the very typical like eh, 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 it's all done, they're all good, everyone's happy it's all good, but you know Giles was right in his face and telling him, asking if he wants to. Is, he, is this what he wants to be in this team? And then Marcus Stroman and somebody else had to kind of step in between them, which is um, interesting. And then Blair, Jeff Blair, wrote a story that, but um, uh, uh, it was seemed as though, like David Pauline was kind of out there on an island. There wasn't anybody kind of having his back. Which it's a culture thing, I guess. I don't know. Blair's story is interesting in, in that the way he describes. That you don't it, like the way you, it seems a little bit antithetic, antithetical to like what Atkins has been saying about the culture recently. Like, oh yeah, they're young. We don't need old guys. They're just going to play and have fun, and they'll they'll take care of themselves. But the jobs is like, oh, we're going to take care of ourselves already. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I must. I didn't read Blair's piece, so I, I can't speak to that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I did read. I read uh, Keegan Matheson's piece at uh, Baseball Toronto about it. It was it was yeah. less Blair's, I assure you. It uh, didn't have those Blair hallmarks of uh, <laughs> weird tangents and and uh, and non sequiturs. Well, I, maybe not non sequiturs, but uh, we have all read a Jeff Blair piece. Uh, I'm thinking of one in particular this week. Uh,
0: that, that was, <laughs> we didn't talk about that, which is probably um, for the best.
1: Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, where he, the diagnosis, uh, you know, Vlad's so so large, so much like Brett Laurie, he uh, he fucked up his oblique, right? I mean, two very similar body types. Uh Doctor Blair, o- Blair, Laurie <laughs> Tweed,
0: yeah. just yeah. big dudes, <laughs> hefty, hefty, thick men.
1: Yeah, we didn't talk about the weight thing, which I think is good. Which I think is good. Uh, but yeah, the, the poly. I mean, well, they got Bud Norris too, right? But uh, at the polyunion mm-hmm. thing, I mean, not. I don't know anything about this, but but uh, and knowing very little about it, I I even listened to Blair's show today, but I stopped. Uh, <laughs> before that all happened uh, uh you know they had scotty mack on they had uh, mark Shapiro on it was uh, it was pretty good Shapiro, by the way speaking of non-sequiturs or whatever tangents uh man if people didn't just like well up with rage every time he opens his mouth like i think they would kind of like him like he says things that you know it sounds like a person who knows what he's talking about a lot of times and, and is and is pretty i don't know realistic about it you know he uh, i i we were talking off air i I don't know if the piece will be up by the time you, uh, we, uh, this podcast gets up, but uh, I spoke with Andrew Miller, the executive VP of business operations for the Jays, uh, uh, today, here on Thursday. And uh, I tried to get him to say anything about uh, how ticket sales are going uh, for the home opener because it's obvious. You know, you see people every day mm-hmm. on Twitter like, oh, look, a lot of blue dots still on that map. Uh, and, yeah, he, would, he gave me nothing on that. Uh, which is actually quite funny. He did a, he did a nice job of deflecting, but uh, but but Shapiro was like, yeah, I think that's a function of where we are as a team. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's th- there's my little tangent in the middle of this uh, Abe Simpson piece. I'm <laughs> I'm reciting about David Paulino and, and Bud Norris and uh, and Ken Giles, and, and uh, to not knowing anything about the Paulino stuff or having seen it or anything. Does Giles maybe have a point? Like, I mean, David Paulino you know, does not have an assured spot on this team. Um, maybe, maybe if he's not, you know, he's looking for ways out of doing uh, PFP, uh, it's a thing he shouldn't be doing. Maybe Ken Giles, I'm trying to say, is that's uh, just constructive criticism.
0: Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing to side with the the hard, the red-assed player in this. <laughs> Situation, I'll, you know, you and I are not particularly red-assed individuals. I don't no, think. I think that's no, that's fair much, no. to characterize. But at the same time, in that work environment, there is an expectation of effort. There is an expectation of of uh, of desiring to do better. And 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 when a player like Kent Giles, who's maybe a, a, among the bullpen folks that were out there, probably among the most decorated, definitely the most highly paid. So if he's out there having to run around, maybe a guy like David Paulino who does not necessarily have um, the same resume as uh as Giles. He not, or as anybody yeah. but Did he not get suspended as well? Did he, yeah, he did, did.
1: He not yeah. Get popped? Yeah, yeah. so the PED suspension last year, yeah.
0: So these are like kind of teammate red flags in a way which um Again, I'm not in any place to really comment on, like, how that's ever going to play. But you can't imagine the PED thing plays well, considering the way that some of these guys have been coming out recently. Guys who don't have the same sorts of... Like, it's easy for Justin Verlander to come out strong against, against PEDs now, um, or at all, as opposed to someone who's maybe facing a bit more of an uphill climb to make baseball their career. And anyway. Yeah, yeah. All, all the and other things except the guys mm-hmm. facing
1: the except the guys facing the uphill climb are more affected by it really when you, you know if you think about it in terms of like
0: of course the job of course.
1: actually being able to get onto a roster
0: but the bigger i guess the, my my bigger point is if it hasn't a hundred percent turned, the tide is uh, or has been turning against these players and these guys who are doing that, who are putting making things even more difficult for people who are trying to change the lives of not only them but people all the people around them. Um, as as they um, make that kind of impossible journey, when you really think about it, like some of the the journey of these people that get signed, these guys that get signed at fifteen, sixteen out of the DR, and then for them to be, you know, looking down these big paydays and, and navigating this impossible culture shift, and and not getting the kind of support, or now getting more support than they used to, but anyway. Um, the PED thing is probably can't not hang heavy over over a player like that. And then if you're going to start get, to get the bad teammate rap, uh, maybe the, maybe David Paulino is 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 the kind of guy who, if the if the if the rest of the, if the manager kind of gets a sniff of that, that's sort of thing that can help to infl- influence or inform roster decisions down the road.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I think you uh, you said that. You hit the right points there I think which is which you know I hope that for him that's not what's going on because uh, he's really he's an intriguing guy big you know big guy has a like, isn't it crazy spin rates everybody's now looking at the spin rates and he, he uh, uh, yeah, I think people most you know mostly think he's gonna be a reliever but uh, but has basically started I think to this whole point and, and uh, I think does he throw four pitches and he's uh, you know uh, the command hasn't been there but it's 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 an intriguing arsenal I think that he has uh, mm-hmm. and if he could put it together I think it could be a real a real weapon for somebody uh, at least in the uh, the relief sense so uh, so so yeah, yeah yeah let's get on it and the, the other, another thing about that story of course is that Giles and Paulino have some familiarity because uh, mm. they're both with the Astros.
0: No, that's true. That that's also true as well. And Pelengio has uh, pitched so far; it looks pretty good, pretty well, in spring. I believe I, he's got um, he's got nine, seven strikeouts in three innings. That'll play. But yeah, uh, it's, but yeah, that's, that's it's just the an interesting. Want, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's the interesting kind of like of spring training gossip. Yeah, that is irresistible in a way. It's I'd rather be talking about this and trying to understand what the ramifications of a of a of a Very loud, sort of somewhat public squabble, some uh, some between the teammates versus like Cameron may getting popped for DUI in Arizona, which you know he did as a member of the Giants just a few weeks ago. The DUI thing used to be he was just like a like a fucking police blotter every week. Yeah, even like back in like the in the getting blank days when I was editor for the blog, just one after another. Like somebody got drunk in spring training and drove their car. It's Arizona, it's Florida. What the fuck do you want? Uh not as much now. People obviously have hopefully learned some lessons over over time. But uh this is uh this is that kind of maybe not harmless, but uh maybe we'll see. And and maybe now I'll always view any David Paulino uh transaction through this lens now. The wealth has been poisoned. <laughs> He's a teammate. Speaking of cancerous teammates, uh, I want to talk real quick about this. We talked about it off the air a little bit. Uh, Jerry Howarth, esteemed Blue Jays broadcaster, wrote a book about his time in the booth, which is great. I'm sure. I haven't read it. There's an excerpt up on Sportsnet, and he talks about the Jose Reyes situation, which is a very interesting telling um, via Jerry's word, uh, which is, uh, I don't know, I would encourage everyone to go and read it. And, and maybe may make up your own mind. You know, you and I talked a little bit about it off the air, about how, because Jerry went on, was, was very, uh, 2015, which seems like a million years ago now. And it's easy to forget that Jose Reyes was on that team until he got traded for Troy Tulewitzki. Uh And Reyes was not good at that time. And you and I probably did a lot of more defending of Jose Reyes than he ever would have deserved. Yep. But yeah. here we are. Uh, <laughs> Still, but Jerry, yeah. Jerry, Jerry Howarth, uh, seer of futures, was like, nah, he's bad, he's real bad out there, he's kicking it around, and and now, in his telling, a lot of the, what's the word I'm looking for, codified language is sort of layered in there, or has been edited out, compared to some of the stuff, and who and how he discussed them, but there's no disputing that that, that Jose Reyes is bad, and Jerry Howarth uh was critical of him and then he went on Dean Blundell's morning show which is a, again talking about how long ago this was yeah. and absolutely destroyed him yeah, <laughs> he destroyed yeah. Jose Reyes and it led to some some frosty relations between Jerry and Jose until Reyes was of course traded to Colorado and uh, and then his career well he plays for the Mets now so or he had last played for the Mets so things were obviously not going well but uh, but yeah I don't know it's really, it's interesting I as you said, you were kinda of going back and reading some of the stuff that you you had written back in the day about about this situation. Jerry not covering himself in glory in those days.
1: I mean, even just admitting you were on fucking Dean Blundell's show is uh is a bit of a stain on your record, I feel. That that, that ever <laughs> was a thing that could have ever happened. Uh is completely bizarre to me, but uh nonetheless. Uh yeah, I mean, that was, the, that was the the whole incident, and I just, yeah, like, before we went on air, I was reading over what I wrote at the time, which uh, was a little more incendiary than I may have written now. Uh, uh, but, you know, he, yeah, it was like he was criticizing him in the uh, in a game and then went on the radio and was asked, like, like do you regret it? He's like, no, I don't regret it. I don't feel bad about anything. I said, what I feel bad for is John Gibbons and those pitchers, and, and, you know, they're just watching him kick it around, and that's when he, like, sort of infamously uh, brought up, uh, street ball, which was the big Mm. thing. Right. And, you know, I mean, we don't have to relitigate this whole incident. Everybody has their, their take on, on Jerry's and some are, are, you know, different than others, I think. But I know that for a lot of people, he is, uh, uh, you know, he is the, the voice of baseball, like the, he's the voice of God. And, and and it's, uh, it's a sacred cow. Uh, you know, I, I'm more of the Tom Cheek camp, but uh, but you know, uh, it was a it was a weird it was certainly a weird incident. And it, it, what's actually weird is like, why is that the, the the excerpt? Why why are you why are you putting that out there as uh accepted for? You know, hey, please let's try to re- touch up my legacy a little bit because uh, that was not uh, a great moment. I think uh, at near the end of. Uh, uh, what was a career of a guy who's obviously, you know, still really beloved.
0: I feel like the people who are going to read Jerry Howarth's book are going to s- or much more inclined to view that incident and remember Jose Reyes in a way that's more consistent with how, G- how Jerry um, viewed it and expressed his view there. And, and, and in a way. Of all the of all the things that you remember about Jerry Howarth, standing on principle and criticizing players and getting hauled in, up in front of Beeston is not exactly the way that I would have remembered him. So I, I think it's an interesting choice for an excerpt, and, and 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 also here we are talking about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess it is serving its purpose. So that's
0: we're doing it. Jerry's heavy lifting for him. Jerry's going to be a, Jerry's junket. Jerry, uh, if you represent Jerry Howarth, and you are from I think it's EC, ECW Press, EWC whatever, give us a show. We'll love to have him on. I know. I know he at least to live here in Etobicoke, near where I live, so maybe we'll go we'll we'll go and have an Apache burger together. I don't know what they'll have i bu- <laughs> I'll have a bun with some ketchup on it, but uh we'll we'll have ourselves a good time, Jerry, if you're listening. <laughs> I know you are
1: yeah I, well, ever since the ever since the old DjF podcast days when we did the intro that we uh that we just used over and over and over again uh, for
0: literally years, literally yeah. for years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine using the same intro, the same music, over and over yeah. and over for four yeah. <laughs> for five years? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? So, Jerry. So, go read that thing about Jerry. Make up your own mind. Tell us that we're wrong. Tell us that we're foolish. Um, if you wanted to do those things, you can do them at uh, facebook.com slash day, where we have a post where we post the links to the thing. And every so often, we'll post other things, too. Um, you can like us there. You can follow Stoughton on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. And, of course, we are a Patreon-powered podcast. So you can head over to patreon.com slash birds all day and sign up and uh, kick us a couple bucks a month to help keep the show going. And if you do so, you will then have access to the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. newsletter called Vlad Religion, which uh, God only knows when I'll send the next one out because he's not playing. But... uh <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> sent one out on uh, on Monday this week about the injury. and uh, so that's something that is a perk for our Patreon supporters. And also we've got the I've got the vlog that we've kicking in that's we'll, can start to ramp back up again, ramp up as the season starts, and there's things to talk about. So keep your eye on that. You can subscribe on YouTube uh, to, to a very unfinished product in terms of the YouTube channel, but we'll we'll get there. And uh, and yeah, that's it. And you of course can read Stoughton at the Athletic. So that's the housekeeping part of it. Is there, now you mentioned Mark Shapiro, and you mentioned yeah. that if people really were really, really willing to listen, so before we go, it's interesting that that people don't like Mark Shapiro because of they didn't they resented the way that he came in. Obviously, they resented the um, the uh, the austerity measures that he's putting in place. Um, there is obviously a lot of love for Alex Athopoulos, Canadian player, Canadian GM, but. I don't think that that anyone you especially have kind of come out more ardently not against him but like are well, I'm very eager and 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 happy to point out the the shortcomings of Anthopolis in his time as Blue Jays GM like I don't where do you think this, why does there this this Anthopolis apologist um uh label stick I don't get it
1: Yeah I don't I don't I don't think I get it either um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the the whole thing. I mean, I think it is all that stuff was born out of that fucking weird twenty fifteen, right? That weird end of the season and how all that uh, mm-hmm. all that came about and all the gossip about you know Shapiro telling him that uh, you know that the trades were were a terrible mistake and and mm-hmm. is not coming back and then Rogers offering him a bunch of money and him still saying no and uh, and you know twenty five fifteen was just so obviously overwhelmingly incredible um that there that there's just this weird revisionist history that people have uh, about it and not and not you know look in the end he he got it done he put together a team that was uh, as good as any in baseball I, I feel that had the world series been played that year the blue jays may well have won it
0: <laughs> it really is a shame the way that all shook out
1: i know i know
0: um but you you make a good point, and, and you don't have to look any further than what is going on in Atlanta right now, where no general manager is bigger than the game, is bigger than, excuse me, the system that has been put in place. And if, now, if you want to point fingers at, at where this systematic approach and and the uh, ability to look at team results with indifference, you can put that blame on a guy like Mark Shapiro. that the what they did in cleveland helped to lay down that blueprint that has been adopted almost entirely across the league where where to recognize that there's no need you can't chase a high pay you don't need to chase a high payroll cuz you're going to make money no matter what um i think that that a lot of that sort of very measured approach um and and the very analytical the business guy school shapiro deserves a lot of credit for For uh, normalizing that across the league, credit or blame? Yeah, I was going (laughs)
1: to say, credit or blame. Yeah,
0: but I don't think that any most of the people who have strong feelings about him don't feel don't aren't aren't making that connection. Like he's the architect of this entire cynical enterprise. It's not necessarily that. It's just that he's he's the face of cynical, kind of, you know. Why throw you know good money after bad, not emphasizing winning at all costs? Because because there is a cost to him, uh, to the winning at all costs. I don't yeah,
1: know. It, it's 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 just snowballed so much. I think too, you know, just every mm-hmm. little perceived misstep, and I think a lot of the perceived missteps are ones where people are sort of willfully being willfully being obtuse and like, oh, how dare i know what he's trying to say but how dare he not say it in a better way it's like well so you got so you got the message okay so what do you, you know they 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 find reasons to be outraged and then hold that outrage and then the next time something happens it just sort of the the ball of molten lava at the pit of their souls continues to just uh to to, to grow and get hotter and it's uh Apparently it's hard to undo and the only thing that's going to undo it is if they if they you know if they actually get good and if this actually fucking works and if it doesn't if uh if they end up falling short you know he's going to be a villain for all time in this uh in this city and this country uh but I guess that's kind of the job right
0: Absolutely it is the job and I mean the winning winning even once it, it definitely it it gives you a a pass and and Paul Beeston,
1: Paul fucking, I, that was my tweet this week, right? Like the, the fucking lied about, about, you know, just dangled the fantasy of real grass at the Rogers Center, which is just like so, like not impossible, but just so difficult and so complicated and costly. To have ever mm-hmm. done, like I remember talking to somebody who I think he said he worked for the TFC grounds crew, uh, and was like, "Yeah, there's a water main underneath there that they'd like have to turn off water like to like like 17 condo buildings." just to Mm -hmm. to put fucking grass in the you know it it, the project the the scope of it i think is it it was a fantasy really and we all we all i've you know as even as cynical about it along the way also gladly you know took page views and and wrote breathlessly about you know oh they're doing this study and stuff but i mean it was just it, it was just a big deflection (laughs) <laughs> that that just speaking of snowballing just you know became uh this huge thing but it was basically just like lying to people's faces for years with with like the promise of something better that was never going to happen and uh but he won in 92 and 93 so he gets like no shit for that which you know fair enough the, winning those world series was pretty fucking awesome but yeah it's like, <laughs> but it's like i don't know like like People want to, people want to nitpick Atkinson Shapiro for being like, like they lied. They said that Vlad isn't a major league player. It's like you know why they're lying. We all know what this stupid charade is, mm-hmm. uh, but you see them. You see people, not all people, but a lot of people will get so mad at that. Meanwhile, Paul Beeston's just sitting there with his fucking socks on, smoking a cigar. <laughs> just bullshitting about about you know, oh yeah no we'll just yeah we'll we'll, we'll put some uh, some grass in the stadium it'll be fine uh for years and gets no shit for it whatsoever oh, the water
0: I, main thing is is interesting to me i hadn't i didn't know that heard, I, I hadn't heard that
1: I, I mean this was a this was a I, after a few drinks at a NASCAR race. So I don't know that it's exactly <laughs> a credible uh, incredible story, but that's what somebody well, did tell me once. But even even without the water main thing, it is an incredibly complex and costly procedure that they would have had to do or would have to do to uh, to bring it in.
0: I've got it in front of me right now. 11% of the water mains in the city of Toronto are 100 years old or older. 11% of the, uh, I don't know, however many there are. There's more than six thousand kilometers of water mains in the city, and eleven percent of them are uh, over hundred years old. I know that when it comes to water mains, like you can't mess with them. That's that's ve- the at Bathurst at Eglinton, where they're making doing the Eglinton crosstown. Right. There's a big water main that runs all the way down Bathurst, like kind of as it goes down a hill, and they're digging, putting a station under there. But the water main is so important that they like are having to super engineer around this water main, where basically it's gonna be, it will be like as they dig the hole out. The water main is like suspended from the road, and then they're just going to encase it in cement and then leave it. That's it. Like, see you later. The water main's there, and that's it forever. (laughs) Like, because you just can't you can't mess with them. So, if if that's true, if that water main is under the Rogers Center, then this it it like as dead as dead in the water main as anything could ever (laughs) hope to have been.
1: Well, there there is. I mean, people who've been you know, it's not it's kind of tucked away on the like the south it the south uh, east side of the building. Uh, but there is—I'm just looking at it on Google Maps now. It's the—it's uh, N Wave, I guess, is the company. The Deep Lake mm. Cooling Pump Station is like mm. right there, right? Like they are. Uh, uh, I—you know—we're going to sound like idiots to anybody who actually understands the, the, the specifics of oh, this absolutely. infrastructure. But but yeah, there there's some shit going on. There's some pipes, <laughs> and you know, uh, I mean, we've—we've—I don't know why we're talking about water mains necessarily, but yeah, I, I just—I—I I think that. My understanding is it, it, it probably was not ever going to happen.
0: Um, no, but okay. Well then, well, then, what did Shapiro say that was interesting today? Did he say anything? Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, uh, well, I don't entirely remember. Uh, one thing that actually that stuck out to me, uh, I mentioned before that he was talking about, uh, you know, the thing that he said about the tickets and the, the home opener. He also he also said like uh, was really pumping the brakes on. Uh, you know contention stuff, which you know I guess that's what they do. But he's like, yeah, I think on average you need like you need to see a player for like three like three or four years, or maybe it was, hopefully it was just two or three, but maybe it's three or four before you really know what he's he is as a baseline, you know, major league player. Kind of implying like you know this is uh, we we're, we're not just we're not just going to call up Bichette and expect that you know our team is is good enough to go sign free agents cuz we see a half year of the shed so it was it was almost like proactively being like okay no next winter we're not going to have enough of an idea of where we're at to really uh to really go all in just yet uh which i thought was interesting but uh but god who wants to think about that right now
0: not me <laughs> not me even a little bit uh, uh I get that. I mean, again, pumping the brakes. But so it just sounds like he's saying the same sort of thing, which is like we need to we're going to build our own team. Our the the next Blue Jays team will be built, not bought. Yeah, and I don't think, is... I,
1: like, yeah, I don't think he was like deliberately laying the groundwork for like future free agent disappointments. There, I think that's probably what he really thinks. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think he, I don't think he's out there playing three dimensional chess. Like, like okay, I'll say this now, and and I think I think that's just how they, you know, that's how they view it.
0: It's probably not un- not unfair. I mean. Yeah.
1: It's 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 tough to hear, though, when you're like, you know, man. I, like, the, the team is obviously not going to be great this year, but. Uh,
0: I don't but, know. Yeah, I read you're... on The Athletic that they maybe could sneak in.
1: <laughs> well, that's because yeah, everybody else is dog shit except for, you know, the three good teams and the one team that, you know, just has the division handed to them.
0: Which one's that?
1: That would be Cleveland.
0: Oh, yeah. They do. Just got a division <laughs> handed <laughs> to them. They were
1: him. like, they're talking about trading Carrasco <laughs> shit this summer. And
0: Corey Kluber. Get,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, the salary, you know. They managed to get rid of, they got rid of Edwin. Shed Man. some salary there.
0: Remember when Edwin played for the Rays for that week?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, he was, he was a Ray for that week? Is there anything else performance-wise that you've seen? Okay, so well, let's, change, let's change gears. We don't have to talk about Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, future Blue Jay Edwin Encarnacion. Um, are you looking at any of the spring training results? Are you like keeping your eye on who's swinging the bat? Obviously, we know Anthony Alford's hit a couple. Uh, he's hitting the ball well. And and um, uh, Bichette, obviously, had two home runs in one game. Timing is everything. He had two home runs in the game the day the other guy got hurt. Yeah. Which is just so <laughs> not his, you know, just savvy, yeah, but um, no, I, I, I mean, uh, what do you, hmm? what's to
1: pay? What's to pay
0: attention to, really?
1: I mean, the pitchers have been have been a thing, right? Stroman and Sanchez have been healthy, and looked good. Mm-hmm. Shoemaker pitched well here on Thursday.
0: He did, uh, he did, that's, and
1: that's good, I guess.
0: You take all that. I mean, if you are not not supposed to look at results in spring, but there's no harm in them. No harm in being like, hey, it's good when guys are good. Well, the, o- That's, the only this is way, the beauty.
1: Hmm? Yeah. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. No. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. Well, the only way this team is going to not be a fucking slog is if guys like Strowman and Sanchez are healthy and Shoemaker is healthy and pitches the way you know that he was at his best. And, uh, and then they, you know, they still probably won't. Well, not, probably is the wrong word to, to use. They still won't be good enough. But uh, they'll at least you know be on the fringes. And that second wild card is going to be you know, up for grabs for any dog shit team. And it, it could make for, you know, at least something to sort of pay attention to as opposed to last year when it was just like, ugh, get this over with. Let's ch- turn the page so we can get, you know, just make 2021 get here sooner. I think this year will not have quite the same feel, hopefully.
0: There's still one wildcard spot to fight for. Yeah. Between, between who? The Rays?
1: Rays, A's, Twins, Angels. I think those are the ones that are projected ahead of the Jays, and then, then they're Jays yeah. the and Mariners are, are right now, after that.
0: And Mariners traded everybody good uh, away. Such a strange thing for them to have done. They got rid of uh, Cano's contract, though. Um, what I was going to say is the beauty of spring training is that when someone does well, you can key on it and be like, hell yeah, Anthony Alford. Hell yeah, Teoscar Hernandez hitting like just endless bombs. Uh, when and yeah, way to go. Darren Sanders looking sharp, throwing hard, no injuries. Uh, and when they're bad, you can just be like, ah, spring training, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever, it doesn't matter, who cares? Spring training. Um, uh, do, do you have any? So, we, uh, we're jumping around a little bit now as we are kind of getting to the end of the show. Um, do you have any opinions on the three batter rule thing? Yeah.
1: No, not really. I think it's pointless. I mean, there were not a lot of not not a lot of guys making one batter appearances anyway. Um,
0: yeah, is I it? It's know. a it's a it's a bit of a of a solution looking for a problem, perhaps.
1: That seems to be a theme with uh, Mister Manfred, doesn't it?
0: Absolutely. Someone's knocking on the door. It's like when Twitter is going to remove the engagement number so that because people were complaining we're getting ratioed. It's like, <laughs> that's what this is. It, the, I don't know. I, it, I hope that the Blue Jays' new manager doesn't make me wish that the rule was in place in 2019. That's all I can say. <laughs> I don't have strong opinions about it. I'm not. Uh, I don't want to. Obviously, my number one thing is I don't want to see people get hurt. I want to see people get overused. But at the same time, games can be a real slog, especially when they when the when the the pitching changes start early and just keep going.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: For in the you know where you're getting one an inning or sometimes two and on both sides of the ball it can just really make for a really ignorant uh, viewing experience. But, but uh, I'm sure someone will find a way around it. Which is in some ways you know I saw people talking about Joe Madden. Right. Joe Madden is going to um, work, find some workarounds, you know, moving the, moving the pitcher to right field and then, you know, just kind of having two pitchers in the game sort of thing. Guy goes to right and comes back into pitch. Um, and for me, I'm all for that. Any of that kind of silliness can only, only good things can result from that only good, like I'll never forget that I think well, I guess I don't remember exactly everything about it but when Roy Oswald played left field for the Phillies and it was like the right. 17th inning and he's just <laughs> smirking like an idiot in left field so great I can't yeah. get enough of that sort of stuff yeah. it's not as fun when when uh when Madden does it just because it's immediately off putting yeah um, yeah but uh but yeah that, like at least it's, that livens it up a little bit and it's the same with the pitcher that the position players pitching well, where People have opinions about it, but at the same time, it's really fun. It's hard to like not get caught up in it. Who who had who pitched for the Jays last year? I can't remember.
1: Uh, Kendrys did for sure. Morales. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he was all okay. right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but God, don't I, I have no idea if anybody else did. Uh, they might have, but I have really tried to block that season out of my brain. Uh, <laughs> which is to say, it's very possible I was just not even paying attention at the time. If they were if they're getting blown out anyway
0: now I'm looking,
1: but anyway, <laughs> I will, that, you I, know what? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, I will say about Montoyo and, and, uh, you know what uh, I thought a really good look at, uh, at what they've been doing and how, you know, things are different, uh, was Blair and Brunt this week. They've been down there as we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, you know, I, I do not listen to sports talk radio at all anymore, which is, uh, uh, so nice. It's so fucking nice to not do that. Uh, because mm-hmm. I used to just constantly have it on in the background and, uh, and it's often really, really bad. Uh, but this week with Brunton Blair, uh, you know, doing Jays-focused stuff off the top, you know, pretty much every night except uh, the Morgan Riley night. There, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's been re- it's been interesting. They they have uh, they've talked about a lot of things that you that I, I don't know have gotten talked about uh, very often. Uh, you know about you know the way Montoya was running his camp, and and I think it's Shelley Duncan is in, in charge of. Uh, uh, in charge of doing that and, and just the way that they're you know, the information that they're they're using and the, the catcher wristbands and, and what mm. Montoyo is a guy that actually was something that stood out to me uh, from Mark Shapiro too I don't know if it was shade at, at John Gibbons but he was like yeah you know you look at you look at Charlie Montoyo out here doing, you know on the field everybody doing doing drills and he's out he's talking to this guy and that he's talking to every player in the organization he's not just you know sitting back at the side with his arms crossed and I'm like huh I wonder if that's a reference to to anybody. Any uh, former?
0: I don't. I don't know.
1: I, I don't know honestly what Gibby's uh, you know pregame thing was. You know, you'd see him ha- around having a laugh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to disparage Gibby or to suggest necessarily that that Shapiro was, but uh, but it definitely struck me. I definitely noticed when he said that. But uh, but yeah, it, it's it's been pretty informative. I think. Uh, uh, what Brunt and Blair have been doing down there this week uh, I wouldn't normally recommend <laughs> uh, Exposing yourself to that much Jeff Blair But, uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, go, yeah, go and do it go, go, they're, all, they're all on podcast form uh, Check it out and then turn it off As soon as the hockey topics start coming up
0: One question for you and then we'll get out of here So it was Kendris Morales was uh, Was the position player that did pitch for the Blue Jays last year how many pitchers do you think, you said you've blocked this out of your mind, I want, so I'm going to get you to guess, including Kendris Morales, uh-huh. how many pitchers did the Blue Jays use in 2018?
1: Oh my god. There are definitely, because I, I noticed this not that long ago, there are definitely names on that list where I'm like, who the fuck is that? Like Mike Hosschild? I, I, I remember him, and there are guys who I remember even less than him. Uh, Jesus. Uh
0: Brandon Crumpton.
1: Yeah, like I would have never in a million years fucking remembered that. Uh Ryan
0: Cruz, Chris yeah. Rowley. I remember. We, I mean, we talked about many, well, most Rally, of these guys.
1: Yeah, Chris Rowley was you know he he had a nice ERA in Buffalo, so people were hoping yeah yeah that he'd be a thing, and then it's like, nope, this this only works on AAA guys. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What, like 30 odd uh, guys at least, right? Uh...
0: Including Morales, 36. Okay. Yeah.
1: 36
0: different pitches. That includes, you know, guys who got traded, uh, like someone O, oh, uh, guys who didn't get traded but got run the fuck out of town, a couple of those guys. Uh, but yeah, 36 different players. It looks like they used 61 players on the year. So that means they use twenty-five position, different position players. Feels that's like a lot. lot.
1: Feels like a lot, yeah. Well, such as, such as the modern game, I suppose. But yeah,
0: such is the modern game. I mean, we'll. They, you know what? It's the interesting. Oh maybe never, never mind. No, it's not interesting. No, it, it is interesting. <laughs> only fourteen. They use fourteen different starters. Yeah. Now
1: that that's...
0: includes Axford and Clipper. Right. Made right. starts. Remember they started Joe Biagini four different times? Four. It seems like more like 400. Um, but I think
1: that was the year before, but yeah. Uh...
0: Nope. Every single one is an eternity. Every time that he was on the mound to start the game. <laughs> it was an agony that never ceased. Um, but yeah, that's it. 36, t- 36 pitchers, including Kendris Morales. I wonder who, who will be, if I had to pick the pitcher, the, the position player who's going to pitch this year, I think Freddy Galvez is like my leader in the clubhouse.
1: I mean, I want to see Morales out there again, but sure, yeah, Galvis. Morales, Galvis,
0: yeah. Eric Sogard. Could
1: maybe. Be, yeah. Could do, could do.
0: Proven his worth. The Jays need to get in on that two play, two-way two player thing. I, I need to look up, I need to catch up. I don't know what's going on around spring training as so much. I wonder if Matt Davidson's out there setting the world on fire <laughs> as a two-way yeah. guy. I know that, uh, what's his name? Michael Lorenzen, the, um, the Reds, he's going to make a go of it as a two-way player. Awesome. Oh.
1: Yeah, they, the, the Jays drafted, is it Hag and Danner? It's one of the catchers they drafted a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So the 2017 draft, who... I, I think it was like kind of a prospect either way, and they were like, nope, he's a catcher. And then if this if he can't hit, he's going back to being a pitcher. It's like, come on, you gotta... I mean, it's a, maybe a little harder to be a two-way guy as a catcher, but... Uh,
0: that uh, It does take a toll <laughs> on your whole entire body.
1: Yeah, it's a hard enough job as it is, but... Uh, but yeah, come on. Let's let's see it. I, I'm all for that shit too.
0: So except, especially this year when the best of all the two-way players, the original sort of two-way player, he won't be doing that this year. So
1: yeah.
0: we, we all miss out. Uh, but that's it. We're going to cut it off now. We've been going on for too long. We've, we've rattled for an hour. We've rambled for an hour and four minutes at this point. The show will probably be a bit less than that, but here we go. Uh, so for him, Andrew Stoughton. My name is Drew Fair Service. Thank you everyone for listening. Season starts in two weeks. Something to look forward to. Marcus Storman getting the start on Opening Day. We'll talk about all that and so much more on the next edition of Birds All Day.